Hey, have you ever been to Scotland? I know. <laughs> By chance? No, me neither. I always wanted to go. I always wanted to go, you know, visit visit the moors. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like supposed to be really spooky out there. I feel like, um, you know, feel like I'm in uh, American Werewolf in London or something, you right. know. It's supposed to be pretty spooky to, you know, stay off the moors and all that mm-hmm. mess. Did you hear about that story about the the group of witches that went over to to visit Scotland and visit the Moors? It was apparently s- so spooky. You say how spooky? Is it? How it was spooky so spooky is over there <laughs> that the that even the witches, some of the witches, were too scared to hang out on the Moors at yeah. night. But you know what they say? What do they say, Brian? <laughs> if you can't take the peat, get out of the coven. Welcome. <laughs> what the fuck? To a very spooky mini zone of Halloween's Forever. I'm Brian. I'm champ. <laughs> but I don't feel like champ when you did. <laughs> that was a stretch. It wasn't a great one, guys. This isn't a great movie. It doesn't deserve a great joke. But I did. Uh, I <laughs> Really what I meant was like the if it's if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. But I kind of did like can't stand the heat, get out of the oven because that's what rhymes with coven. And it was Pete and, you know, Pete yeah. in, in the moors. And oh, boy, it was a stretch. It was a long way to go. We're not a great payoff. But um, I, I feel like guys. Yeah, here. I feel like there's a lot of other directions you could have went and then like there's directions <laughs> i was thinking you were gonna go so all right let's punch this thing up let's dig so deep I, on this so i guess if you want to stick with your original punchline of like if you can't stand the peat stay out of the coven and it's about like mm-hmm. a coven of witches who go on uh, a whiskey tasting tour of all the of all yeah. the island scots scots yeah. sure yeah and then i thought i thought this joke was somehow going to end with iron brew because <laughs> we're oh see that would have been a deep yeah because we're talking we're talking witches and the movie you know was talking brujas because that's bruja so i thought mm-hmm. it was gonna be uh yeah no i didn't put that much thought into uh, it uh, um well. just a real weak pun just a real weak <laughs> pun all right uh well with that nonsense out of the way guys Another mini-sode here, uh, and we are doing uh, a fairly newly released Netflix uh, horror uh, uh, situation. Uh, We're going to be talking about The Old Ways. This was a listener suggestion, I believe, right, Steve? Yes, from Twitter follower, oh my god, Sarah Sue. She she reached out and she, she gave us two suggestions of movies. And one of them was mm-hmm. the autopsy of Jane Doe, which I know you've seen. I have seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- and I thought maybe we should go with the old ways because I don't I didn't think either of us had seen it. And uh, uh, it was on my list because I wanted to see this movie. And then there's another uh, kind of like uh, old kind of kind of old Mexican folklore themed film that mm-hmm. I saw called uh, No One. Uh, I believe it's called No One Gets Out Alive. Yeah, No One Gets Out Alive. Yeah, that, I think I watched that one as well. That one, has the, that one has the awesome 
fucking Aztec god moth monster at the end. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. That one's I really I, I did enjoy that one. Yeah. Um, this one we'll see. We haven't really talked about. It. I don't know how you're <laughs> feeling about it. I was not too keen on it for a variety of reasons, which we will talk about here on the show. Sorry, Sarah Front. Um, any case, uh, yeah, we're gonna jump into this here in a dangle second, but we got a whole bunch of shit we got to do at the top of the show first. Before we do that, uh, before we do anything else, really, let's get a dang old beer in us, Stevie boy. What do, you, what do you got over there? I have a very old can of beer because I didn't realize mm. I got it out of a damn mix and match. You know, you, sometimes yeah. you, you, sometimes you get boomed in the mix and match. You do. But sometimes I, that's where old beer goes to die. Yeah. But it's a it's a well, and this is I'll tell you why I didn't think it was an old one, because mm-hmm. they're new to the Pittsburgh area. So I didn't think I was going to get boomed, but it's a Three Floyds Barbarian Haze IPA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I didn't. Th- I didn't think they were around long enough to have old stuff in giant nickel coolers. <laughs> yeah, I want to say it was like, when did they hit the market? And like, in the spring. I. That's what I thought. But this one apparently was packaged in February of this year. And maybe it got sent so. out to wholesalers. You know, in, you know. And yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Maybe it got sent out to wholesalers in March. You know, it hit the yeah. market in April and it's been sitting around since. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But. But. Oh, well. Well, that sucks for you. It, do- uh, here's it, doesn't, what I'm- it doesn't taste terrible. It's just like yeah. there's a whole bunch of shit floating around in it, though. I don't know. Yeah. A lot. Hazy IPAs. Hazy IPAs ain't supposed to sit around that long, um, even if they are good shelf stable ones. But. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going with, with, a with an old feller that he ain't, he ain't going to steer you wrong here. This is the pride of old Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee flock of flame itself. We're doing, uh, we're doing a Miller high life here. Ain't nothing wrong with a Miller high life lady in the moon. Uh, just going to sit here and, and slam on a couple of these high lives. I was at the Walmart, uh, because I was looking for a bunch of spooky ass Halloween cereals. Uh, and I don't really buy beer at the Walmart too often, usually just because like in Pennsylvania, they make it a big old hassle to buy beer, mm-hmm. all the legislation and whatnot. So like I'm there in the morning, it's like half the time there's not somebody at the, the uh, you know, <laughs> the actual like specific register you have to check out with in Pennsylvania. It's mm. like, but, you know, I walked by and it was lazy and I said, OK, I'm going to grab some beer here real quick. And I saw uh, a 12 pack of High Life bottles uh, just just you know, winking at me from the cooler. And, uh, I hadn't bought it in a while and I forgot how damn cheap it is and how good it is. <laughs> so just slamming on some high lives. Is that, is that like a, it's kind of like a Marie Kondo's type of thing. It just mm-hmm. sparks joy in you and you just have to pick it yeah. up. It's just good. It's just a good, incredible. You could drink a hundred of them. It's cheap. I just, I like me some high life. I haven't had it. It's probably been, oh boy, probably six months since I had a highlight. It's too long. It's too long. So get me, get me uh, filled up with a couple of them. Like you said, we got some other things we got to take care of here. First of all, this is the time of year. Spooky season is upon us, whether you like it or not. If you're one of those psychos that wait until October 1st, fine. Fuck you. Stay out of, don't pissing my cheerios here it's spooky season as far as i'm concerned i'm putting up the fucking halloween decorations over here it's mid-september i don't give a shit uh we get a lot of listeners this time of year a lot of new listeners jumping on board welcome to the podcast uh you're fair weather fans as far as we're concerned until we start hearing from you in march 
Nah, actually, we appreciate you being here. But here, here's here's what here's what it boils down to. If you're new to the show, we do this delicious, um, mm, crispy, yummy, fresh content uh, on the on Monday every single damn week. But on the first Monday of every single month. We do what's called a showdown episode, and as you might imagine, October, that'd be a big showdown episode for our spooky season. We were talking about a dang old podcast called Halloween's Forever. Normally, you got me, you got Steve, and then we got a guest, and they show up. We each pick a movie that's associated with our topic for that month. I'll explain to you how we get that topic here in a second. Once we get that topic, we each pick a movie associated with it, and then that's when the gloves come off. Usually you'll see Steve over there wrap his fists up. He'll he'll dip his fist in caramel and then in gummy bears and then in little shards of Heath bar, you know, and those Heath bar shards hurt. They'll cut your face if he hits you hard enough. You know Somebody's what I'm really getting... looking to fuck people up with? What's the, that? The, the candy apple shell. You... Oh, yeah, that's hard. I, especially if you if you let it cool a little too much before you dip it, you get a thick some bitch on there. Yeah. You might as well just go swinging at somebody with a fucking Miles Garrett style with your helmet. It's like a broken bottle. I'm going to bleed you the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to happen here here in October. Normally, that's what we do. But in October this year, we're going to do something a little special. We're going to do what's called a fatal four-way match. It's going to be me. It's going to be Steve. Not only are we going to have reoccurring guests, uh, fan favorite, friend of the podcast, Bigfoot Ben on here, but we're also going to have the return of the bog hag herself. Fresh off of a bog hag summer, getting into the getting into horse girl season, which is to say fall, we got Meg, former uh, co-host of the podcast, coming back for her first uh, return appearance as a guest. We got Ben, we got Meg, we got Steve, we got Brian. We're going to have a fucking burn burner here for you guys. Um, and that's what's going to happen in October. Now, normally we pick this topic by doing this big old spinny ass wheel of topics. Then we each pick a movie associated with that topic. Not this time, not October honchos. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do a little fucking different this month. We got that same old spinny ass wheel, but me and Steve packed that some bitch with 69 different flavors of, of hell coming your way. Uh, we put 69 different Halloween movies now these are movies we have not done on the podcast for so halloween 1978 for example we've done that some bitch before we ain't gonna do it again uh but halloween three season of which we have not officially discussed in an episode of the podcast so that is gonna be on there but we have 69 different movies uh that either are themed like the the word Halloween is in the name or Jacqueline or something like that, or they take place and are heavily feature the holiday of Halloween. Okay. So we're going to spin this son of a bitch and wheel four times. And because Steve is the defending champ, he won that September showdown. We are going to have him spin it four times and he's going to say who's going to go first, who's going to go second, third, fourth. And we're going to sign each one of us a movie. We don't have any say in it. Now, when we pick this list, we got some fucking gems on there, right? We got some masterpiece level movies, but we also got 
Um, couple old, uh, couple old landmines on there. Couple of just absolute pieces of dog shit. And couple then we have whammies. a couple of, yeah, couple whammies and a couple of kind of wild card picks on there mm-hmm. that like, eh, you could probably, uh, turn, uh, uh, lemons into lemonade with this, or maybe if you got the right person or something like that. So it's going to be exciting. This is, this is WrestleMania for us. October, the October showdown, that, this is our WrestleMania. Um, so let, let's go ahead and I'm going to turn it over to Steve. You, you got to tell us the order in which we're going to do these things. Yes. So welcome to the Wheel-O-Ween. <laughs> Wheel-O-Ween. That's what we're calling it. And we'll <laughs> probably, you know, keep this for a bit. Or we'll have the wheel of ween spinning. You know, we'll see if it comes back next year. I like it so far, even though we haven't I'm even. Big, s- I'm, I'm big on this idea. Yeah. I'm all in on this idea. <laughs> I love it. I like the wheel of ween because we got a whole bunch of shit on here that like, eh, you know, I'm not going to say that there's not kids movies on here because there are. Yeah. So there might be a Hubie Halloween on there. Who knows? Yeah, there might be a Hubie <laughs> Halloween. Somebody might have put a Scooby-Doo movie on there. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If it ain't Witch's Ghost. Uh, it's not Witch's we'll Ghost. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll see if it comes up, but yeah, we got a bunch of things going on there. So without further ado, I will announce in which order this wheel will pick for us. And how's this going to go? I'm just going to go. I'm going to let Ben. He's going to get okay. his pick first. Okay. Uh, we're going to have Meg get her pick next. Okie dokie. Then Brian. Yeah. All right. And I'll, and I'll go last. This. Yeah, I'll go last. I, you know what? I, I could have guessed this. That that that's a prudent pick. That's yeah. a prudent order, rather. So, all right, let's let's spin that son of a bitch. Let's spin that wheel of ween and see what Big Fit Ben's gonna end up with. I heard somebody suggest specifically that they were hoping he was gonna get Hubie Halloween. So we'll see. <laughs> that was Pittsburgh Beer Dad, by the way, <laughs> friend of the friend of the podcast, friend of podcast. <laughs> so. I have not seen this movie. Are you? I, I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. I have not seen it. Have you seen this one, Steve? I have to think about it. I don't think I have. It sounds familiar, but I'm also thinking of like a Korean uh, drama TV show that I've been watching. Uh, okay. No, I have not seen this movie. Yeah, I'm just getting it confused with a Korean drama. Uh, no. Ben has drawn for him, or rather the Wheel of Ween has selected for Ben. Hellions from 2015. Yeah, this is one I think I put on there, and it was one that I got off of like a list online of like, hey, underrated Halloween movies kind of thing. And I looked into it, and there's a bajillion movies out there that, you know, claim to be Halloween movies or or apparently are set during Halloween, even something like The Exorcist. Like, it is technically set, you know, over Halloween, but it has very little Halloween, very little to do with the holiday. So we're not putting that on there. <laughs> this is one that that people did specifically suggest has a lot to do with Halloween. So this is one of the ones I put on there that I thought to be kind of a little bit of a wild card there. So yeah. I'm excited that uh, that uh, uh, I'll be watching a movie for this here showdown that I've never seen before. Yeah, that this I mean, this could really put Ben on the uh, edge. He's coming in mm-hmm. with something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he gets a surprise jump on everybody and mm-hmm. plus we don't know what we're going to get, but right. Let's find out what Meg gets. All right. Let's see it. The wheel. It is a spinning. It's a lot of shit on this here wheel. A lot of shit and on Meg this wheel. Is gonna get the fun house massacre. Um, so this is a, uh, 
uh, a movie that I have seen, although I will say I don't remember a ton about it, um, but I have seen this before. I'm checking the it's year. A, yeah, it's, it's relatively a, recent. Yeah, it's a it's a movie I put on the wheel because I've oh, seen oken. it. Bo- oh, I've I'm seen it mixed up with something else then. Well, you might be thinking you're mixing it up with something, but it's actually just very similar. Uh, you might be thinking it's like Haunt because it is like Haunt. Mm. Uh, like, but Haunt is a much more vicious and like serious movie, whereas the Funhouse mm-hmm. Massacre is a lot more fun and campy. But it basically boils down to, you know, a group of people go into uh, a fun house, a carnival fun house for Halloween, like a Phantom Fright Nights. Sure. If you you will. But Mm -hmm. turns out it's dang old populated full of killers, actual killers and that. Oh, ah, what are you going to do? Spookums aplenty. This is a heck of a cast here. We got Robert England. uh, We got Jerry Burns. uh, We've got one Mr. Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot going on in this movie, and uh, that's what Meg's going to be defending. And I've yeah. not seen this either. So we got two movies right off the top, never seen before. Holy shit. Ooh. Brian's vote's the one to win, sounds like. <laughs> There's a lot going on here, guys. A lot to think about. A lot happening. All right. Uh, I, I can't take the suspense any longer. What uh, what 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 movie? The, the wheel be spinning for for old Bri. What am I going to end up with here? Oh, scary stories to tell in the dark i like that hmm okay all right i've seen this movie a uh, big fan of the book as a kid a lot of nostalgia around it watched the movie when it came out remember liking it excited to to watch it again a lot of spooky ooky halloweeny vibes in that thing um so all right spook or scary stories to tell in the dark that's what your boy's going to be talking about which is from what like two, 2020 maybe yeah somewhere in the last five years <laughs> yeah yeah but i yeah i actually hadn't seen it 2019 2019 yeah that's why i thought uh yeah i i actually hadn't seen it though like i know it was on my list because obviously guillermo del toro is associated mm-hmm. with it and mm-hmm. it's just one of those things like hey you know it, it, it so many things get backed up you forget yep. what's going I on i like it i like it i like it i'm not mad i'm not mad it's better than ghosts of mars sure Steve's got oh. trick or treat, not trick or treat, <laughs> not trick or treats, not right. simply trick, but trick or treat from uh, 1987, uh, 86 rather. 86. So this this is a very different animal than the ones that we got here. Um, this uh, is actually... <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Um, I don't know that it's going to be for everyone, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. This has a, 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 I mean, listen, I would go as far as to say an iconic character. Uh, uh, wh- what do they call him? Uh, uh, R- Rock's chosen god, Sammy Kerr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is is uh, Is the kind of main villain, but also potentially uh anti-hero ish uh you got some gene simmons in this movie as well it's a weird one it's a fun one a lot of cool imagery uh yeah you know what i wouldn't be mad i wouldn't be mad at that one no i'm not i'm not mad at it what is it it's uh gene simmons plays the radio dj and ozzy osbourne plays uh, a, a televangelist i believe is how it goes he da- 
I believe he yeah. was, yeah, televangelist yeah. or tele, telemark or, um, you know, uh, uh, like home shopping type of thing. One or the other, I can't remember. But I'm, yeah. pre- I'm pretty sure it's televangelist because it's specifically okay. like played against his, you know, Satanist, you know, normal character. So, right, like, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Rock's this is, chosen this- war. Rock's chosen warrior. Uh, that's what it uh, is yeah. yeah 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 uh it's a good movie it's not totally um dissimilar from black roses in, no in, it's it, it's like black roses but without as cool a makeup <laughs> yeah not as many puppets <laughs> yeah not so many puppets but, but yeah i'm yeah i'm not mad at this but i know i have an uphill battle because i think i i think i got you on my side depending on how these other movies shake out for you but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not going to have Meg, but I might have Ben, but I might have Meg as well because of the of the rock and metal element. So there is there is a big metal element, um, although it's a little more hair metally, right. perhaps. But in any case, uh, the thing I like about these picks is and what, what I was worried about a little bit was the situation you get where like last year, I'm just dead in the water right off the bat. Right. Yeah. Because I, okay, I go to Mars and I'm going up against like the thing and Halloween. So I'm well, fucked. Well, that you know was I mean? the, that was the first year last year. Oh, yeah. That was two years ago. Yeah, last, that year, was last, last year. We all got pretty good picks. Was it? Was that last year? I can't remember. Yeah. Because yeah, last yeah, year it was multiple ha- ones mixed yeah, up. Last year I had Halloween and I think mm-hmm. Meg got the thing and you had Oh, maybe you did have something else that put you dead in the water. Yeah, I had something that was just like it wasn't. Yeah, it was just a stinker, I feel like. So I was dead yeah. in the water. So I, I almost feel like it was uh, <laughs> Ghost of Mars. Wasn't it Ghost of Mars Halloween and the thing? No, uh, no, I that remember. was no Ghost of Mars was definitely the first year because the first year was okay. all stinkers because it was Ghost of Mars, uh, uh, Village of the Damned and his last one, The Ward. Oh, the ward. Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember what I had last year then. But uh, yeah, I was dead in the water. These are three like relatively, e- you know, evenly matched movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's in the same, you know, uh, uh, category here. Not category in terms of like subgenre, but just like maybe in the same weight class, I'll say. Yeah. You know, no one's no one's got to no one's got to go up or down. Yeah, no, no. And it's also interesting because like so I've seen the Funhouse Massacre and I like that movie. Mm-hmm. So like Hellions and Scary Stories have to do work for me. Yeah. Whereas you've seen Trick or Treat and you know you like Trick or Treat, so the other two movies have to do work for you to get you yeah. to vote for him. And I don't I don't know where Ben and Meg sit, but Yeah, the only tricky thing for me um that and and I would ins- I would suggest that this shouldn't get held against me is mine is PG-13. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's there were children films on this. the The Scooby Doo movie I put on was it funny enough because we were talking Gene Simmons. It's Scooby Doo mm. and Kiss and the like Halloween mystery or some shit like that. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't know that one. <laughs> I, I was hoping it was yeah. That listen, Witch's Ghost, great one. Or if you've ever had, I think it's called like Cyber Attack or something. It's like sounds absolutely asinine, but it's actually fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Big Scooby Doo guy over here. Um, any case, um, yeah. So mine's the only PG thirteen one, but it's still got some some cool creepy elements to it. But it's definitely like a kind of a you know, um, you know, a teen movie a little bit more, but. In any case. All right. So just to recap here, Ben's going to be talking about Hellions from 2015. Meg's going to be talking about the Funhouse Massacre, um, also from 2015. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark from 2019. So three recent movies. And then Steve's got uh, the throwback with 1986's Trick 
or treat. Uh, not trick or treat, not trick or treats. We're talking trick or treat from 1986. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun, guys. You got some time. Go out and watch them flickies. Get ready for the fucking slobber knocker in October. All right. Uh, got that out of the way. Let's uh, real quickly go over, uh, you know, if you're new again, if you're new to the podcast, we got a Patreon. Halloween is it's patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever. Um, Steve, tell, tell them about what the fuck's going on over there on a Patreon. Yo, jump on that Patreon, dogs. You got to get into <laughs> it. We're moving in October. That means there could be a whole bunch of extra stuff coming. You, know, you got to gotta get ready. Got to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But jump on. Tier one, that's our scamps tier. Scamps it's only three dollars. It ain't it ain't too much. But you know, you get extra content. You get episodes early when I finish editing them. Sometimes you get it like in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday. Maybe you get it on a Saturday. It's whatever, but you always get it before the pod bean and the rest of the plebs get it before mm-hmm. them. Then you know, you also get like extra written reviews. Uh, I released a bonus clip talking about wrestling. So you get all kinds of good stuff on the scams tier, but that ain't the good, mm-hmm. good. You get good you stuff. Get that good, good. Yeah. You get the good stuff, but not the good, good. The good, good mm. is when you become a rascal. That's a rascal. Rascals. Now they get all that and they get on the discord. They can watch this yep. episode happen live. They can interact with us. You know, people can come hang out. They can, cheer on the wheel as the wheel spins they can look you at her sitting here right now watch me glug on this here high life yeah they can watch brian chug high life so they can watch me d- be disappointed in shitty ass you know gloop glop beers that are full <laughs> of fucking yeast floating around in it you can get all that stuff and you get the exclusive monthly podcast family is forever yikes that is um that's really quickly becoming the bane of my existence guys um hell yeah steve (laughs) steve thought this fucking thing up here's what basically it is i never seen any of those dang old fast and furious movies i only ever saw the first one never saw the other ones steve's always talking about them he loves them it's his favorite movies in the world can't get enough of them Mm -hmm. i said i said you suck you have terrible taste yes he said, no, no, they're fun. Don't be an elitist piece of shit. I said, no, you're dog shit. <laughs> no, no, you're so, nose blind. <laughs> Steve thought these. Uh, this would be a good idea that once a month we do this Patreon exclusive podcast called Families Forever. What happens is every month we watch one of the uh, Fast and the Furious movies in, uh, you know, we, we go through through the franchise um, and I'm watching them all from the, for, for the first time, except for the first one. Um, and uh, they suck. They suck something awful, guys. Uh, we're now on to the third one. We're about to record our Tokyo Drift episode. It's the, the whole thing's fucking trash. It's all garbage. Um, I hate it. I want to reiterate that no, this is not worth any amount of money to me. You can stick your money up your ass. But if you do want to listen to us talk about it, it is quite fun to talk about. I hate watching them, like talking about them. Uh, you get that exclusive uh, additional episode. Uh, it's been running pretty damn long. Actually, we've been recording these because there's just a lot of god awful nonsense to talk about. They're so silly. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, they are. Well, the movies are really silly. So if you yeah. like when we talk about silly ass stupid movies and laugh and make fun of them and things like that, you'll absolutely love these episodes. We do some, you know, unique little segments. You know, Steve does a little thing called the called the oil check at the end where he just like checks in on my mental health uh, and he acts like he's doing me a favor, like he's looking out for me, but he's actually just like rubbing my nose in it. Um, it's fucking awful guys but the podcast is fun so that's what you get on uh, over there on the family is forever so like i said you get the retroactive you get the ones we already did and also like i said we're just about to release here uh coming up most likely what this coming week we'll be releasing the um the september tokyo drift episode and we're off to the fucking fourth one the fifth one and i'm sure off into perpetuity until i eventually you know jump into a well or something gets real good gets real good coming up soon but don't wait. Yeah. Don't wait. <laughs> Get on over here. Get on over. Here. All right. Halloween. Uh, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash Halloween's forever. And if you want to follow us on any of the social medias, if you want to suggest topics, if you want to do something like just this particular episode here where a listener suggested this movie to us, um, go over to uh, at Hallow, Hallow forever at uh, on, on the Twitters or the X's or what do we call it now? It's the it's the you Twix. can call it Twitter. Or you can call it Twix, but you can't call it X. <laughs> You can't call it X, apparently, um, but uh, you can you can uh, do that or you can, um, you know, go over on Instagram uh, at Halloween is forever. Do it on there. But, you know, shoot us a little DM, suggest something or comment on something, whatever. You just want to look at some spooky yuki shit on the Internet. All right. Uh, I think we got all of the top of the show stuff out of the way. Uh, so let's get into this movie here. Um, like I said, this came suggested to us from a uh, from one of our Twitter followers. And the movie's called The Old Ways. It's on Netflix. Did you watch this specifically for the for the podcast, or had you seen this before, Steve? No, I haven't seen this. I watched it for the podcast, for the suggestion from the listener. Like I had it on a list because, like I said at the top of the episode, I had seen um, uh, No One Gets Out Alive, mm-hmm. and I think that came out before this movie on Netflix. And so, mm-hmm. like, I'd seen that and I was like, oh, OK, well, that was that was fun and interesting. And it had like a new twist on stuff because that fucking Aztec monster is crazy as hell. And that's, uh, you know, a great mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, oh, this this looks like maybe they're going down that same route of like, here's something, you know, uh, uncommon. But yeah, uh, eh, it's kind of common. <laughs> turns out super common um so yeah the uh apologies to our social media friends or if you like this movie at all listen i'm not pointing fingers you like a movie done not everybody has to like all the same things but yeah that was kind of my consensus of as well as like you know kind of ultra predictable uh you know exorcism type movie possession type movie yeah yeah and it's it's worth noting like this is coming from brian and i who are jaded to the fact that like we have seen tons and tons of exorcist type films. Mm -hmm. And so like this film doesn't do anything terribly uh, different, but like if this, if you're younger, this film would be good for you because maybe you haven't seen some of this stuff before. Yeah. And and I think the thing, yes, absolutely. And so like, you know, I'm going to sit here and talk shit and be an asshole and stuff like that because that's that's just my nature. Mm-hmm. But it's not uh, it's not a bad it's not like a poorly executed movie no. or anything like that. It's a perfectly serviceable 
uh, uh, horror flick, you know, possession type horror flick. I'll tell you the thing that I kind of took exception to, and this is an exception. I think I can, uh, I could probably say that I take with a lot of Netflix horror is Netflix horror is a certain flavor of horror, mm-hmm. right? Me meaning that not only uh, are they catering to a specific type of audience, typically speaking, a, a somewhat younger audience, um, in my experience. Um, but also they're really kind of trend chasing a little bit. They're trying to stay like super topical. They're usually not trying to do anything, um, out of the box. You no, know, really. They're just kind of, it's, it's pretty predictable. They work in some times of the, of the, uh, um, you know, the script that really is like, <laughs> we say like it's for screen time. Yeah. You know, they're kind of expecting people to be watching this movie while half watching it and half looking at their phones. Yeah. Um, but Which is the, the thing that yeah, I, I was going to say, like the most apparent thing about that in this movie is so I it, it's it's based on Mexican folklore and everything. And I honest to God thought this was going to be a fully subtitled movie. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And nah. it's and it's not because it has to have screen time for people to look at their phones. Yeah. yeah. If it's all subtitles, people aren't going to, you know, a lot of people aren't going to watch it because they can't look at their phones and do right. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so so they kind of bake in this really awkward thing of like, oh, well, the cousin doesn't speak uh, Spanish anymore. So all the relatives speak English to accommodate the accommodate her. And it just it doesn't make sense. It feels remarkably inauthentic. I think the other thing here that that I took exception to that I just really didn't like about about it was the idea that it is a very, very thinly, not even veiled. Like when I say thinly veiled, I mean, it's like you know, uh, like one ply <laughs> failed, <laughs> uh, drug allegory, right? Addiction allegory. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not even, it's not even really an allegory. It's like it is, but it's like the addiction is also on the screen. So it's like, uh, it's not even, it's less than an allegory. Mm-hmm. We're like literally spoon feeding the whole thing to you. Yeah. Um, which, which is, um, I just found, bad yeah <laughs> generally speaking yeah it's it, yeah it, it hits you over the head really like a hammer and mm. it was it, it's the same thing that took me out of the uh the new hellraiser movie that came out as well because that yeah. movie is like a strictly up and down like uh drug allegory and it's like oh yeah drugs will ruin your life and take away the people in your life and it's like yeah okay but like, can you do well, it more subtly? Could you do it more subtly or do it in a more interesting way or or make that a component of the story, not the entire like an allegory does not make up, does not make a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, right. that should be a layered. It's like symbolism. It's like when you have a movie that's like everything is so heavily symbolic that they confused actually having a script with just peppering in symbolism Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's like it should it should be set dressing at best not the story yeah um so and i'm not saying we gotta have all these plots and themes and all this crazy stuff just like a little bit more story perhaps you know you know and it just makes it makes the it makes the movie easier to swallow again for the netflix crowd because again you don't Mm -hmm. have to pay that much attention to it right you know it's just easy to swallow like oh yeah like her doing drugs is exactly like what they're doing. And it's like, you know, the, she's getting intervention to buy her family because she keeps mm. putting herself in the mouth of danger. 
which is yeah. la boca. La boca means mouth. So it's like, oh, yeah. it's the mouth of danger. She goes into the mouth of danger because she's on drugs. We have to save her and interventionize her and, you know, yeah. get her to go cold turkey. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I mean, I guess I, I, I do want to say if, if, listen, if this story resonates with you because, you know, you're struggling with addiction or, or some, you know, a loved one or something like that is struggling with addiction, then by all means, like I, I totally understand that and, and, and understand where that has value for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this instance, it's just, it's so lazy that it's like borderline exploitative and like not in the fun exploitation or way like right. in a uh we know that there is an opioid crisis um and so like we think maybe this might resonate with a lot of people uh because we live in a, a country that has a literal like epidemic of opioid addiction yeah. <laughs> it just feels <laughs> like i understand that's why it's socially relevant but at the same time this just it's yeah. so empty and the characters maybe with the somewhat exception of of christina who's the main character no other characters are developed in any way they're they're extremely one-dimensional uh characters um and and so like that's why it just feels like cheap like there's a lot of drug allegory films out there right now and there has been through mm-hmm. the history of horror addiction not just drugs but but you know alcohol addiction all that sort of thing um you know, obviously like the whole entire werewolf genre is really based on, you know, the, the an allegory for for addiction, for alcoholism. Yeah. Um, but this is just so f- surface level. Yeah. There, there was the one film that came out uh, recently. It was directed by Joe Bagos. Uh, Bliss. That oh, is. This was cool. It was Bliss. also like ultra bloody, super gory, you know, blood everywhere kind of yeah. situation too. But. but it's also like, it's a total, it's a vampire film. That's a total allegory for like, it's a total drug allegory. And yeah. it also has like the characters doing drugs, like on screen and carrying on and shit like that. But like, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just more interestingly made because it like the drug allegory is the background yeah, it's you and know, it was super stylized too, mm-hmm. if I recall. Like it was, it was cool to look at. And yeah. well, yeah, because all of Joe Begos's movies are super stylized. Like, <laughs> yep, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, they're all soaked in neon. And but also, I can't wait to watch that movie again. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> really like that movie. It's coming around, <laughs> coming around yeah. for Christmas time. But like, yeah, everything. I'm not wishing. I'm not wishing spooky season out of the way. I just love Christmas horror. So yeah. So, yeah, it, that's the other thing about this movie is like, even though. It's competently made. It doesn't have like an interesting look to it. Uh, it, it as most Netflix all just. No, it's very slick. Yeah, it's, it's all very, slick. very high production value for the most part. Even the CGI is you know, pretty, pretty well done. I yeah. think nothing was egregious about it, but that it's just that's what Netflix horror looks like. Yeah, because Netflix horror also looks like Netflix action looks like Netflix action comedy. Like it all looks sure. the same on Netflix. Mm. Like, I don't, yeah. I can't, I, I am really hard pressed to think of a movie outside of like when Netflix was really getting into the game of this, of, mm-hmm. um, oh, is it Children of No God that, uh, mm. it would start Idris Elba and it was about like child soldiers, Beasts of No Nation. 
Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Beast of I, no- I, I'm not watching, but I remember seeing it pop up all the time. Beast of No Nation has a look to it, and it's a it's yeah. a great film. And I think it's because maybe it was made outside of the Netflix system and then was bought by Netflix to show on Netflix. But like mm-hmm. Beast of No Nation is the last movie I can think that has like a good cinematic, like unique look to it. There's just like some fantastic yeah. shots all through that. But yeah, yeah, this film is like it's fine. It, it it's it's all put together. It's it feels almost fast foodie in a way because like yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah <laughs> and, and like most netflix films do like they're they're fast foodie they're like slap they're put together but they're not put together wrong and they'll occupy your time and everything will be fine and do you, you want to sit down and like yeah. not really get too much into it not really challenge yourself you know you just want to you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I keep, mm. I feel like an asshole the way I'm saying this, but like that's, there's plenty of instances where that's exactly what I'm looking for. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's what they're going to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I didn't hate this film, but it's just because I feel like there's so many better exorcism films out there. And, oh yeah. And like, for sure. it's just because we can think of better examples and both you and I are so jaded from seeing so many films Mm-hmm. That like this one doesn't register like it doesn't register a peak, but it also again, it's not bad, which is the same as fast yeah. food. Fast food is just you consume and you're fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, <laughs> you know, unless yeah. you consume the one that gives you diarrhea. Everybody has the one that which gives them I diarrhea. always do. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> why well, said that in a sexy yeah. way? But you it's, know. it's funny because um, so by the time you're listening to this now. The episode that Brian and I did with the podcast Back to the Blockbuster on the mm-hmm. Wailing, in that episode, we talk a lot about the upcoming Exorcist film and, mm-hmm. you know, just in general about how like Exorcist films don't do anything new and like it's hard to watch them because they never do anything new anymore. Rarely. And, yeah. Yeah. And we still like, there was one that was like a Netflix. I want to say maybe it was a Shutter original or something like that that came out a few years ago, maybe over covid where there was like um, where they were like live streaming in exorcism. Do you remember yeah. that one? Yeah. I feel like we talked about that. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk about it, but I believe it's called like the last stream or something because I have seen it. That was that one. And it wasn't a masterpiece, but I remember thinking like, OK, this is a little different. It was fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was like the because it had because there was like betrayal amongst the ranks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of the people involved. There was a lot of character development outside of the 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 exorcism itself. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, there was there's one that wasn't really an exorcism film, but it was like a demonic ritual film, more of like summoning a demon, if I recall, that was called like uh, Very Dark Things. Mm. It came out a few years ago. I want to say it was a British movie. That was I, like I would almost bunch that into a similar subcategory, although, again, very, you know, very different. Um, but yeah, that one was really cool, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like they, they, they still exist, but it's just like when you get into these kind of meat and bones, just like somebody's locked and chained to a bed or some shit like that. It, it all feels like it mm-hmm. plays out the same way. And in the, the yeah. one movie we talked a lot about on that other podcast was uh, the, the, the Pope's exorcist because it feels yeah. so cookie cutter in the exorcism itself of like the kid does a funny thing and his body twists weird and his eyes yeah. go funny. And then he says a swear 
and like who <laughs> says gives, a swear word yeah yeah and it's like who gives a shit like the only thing the only thing that's cool about that movie is russell crowe riding around on a scooter drinking and be like doing <laughs> doing a funny accent he rules it's just drunk drunk priest is the best part of yeah. that yeah the twist on it is drunk priest yeah uh scooter drunk priest scooter um, drunk priest who also he like like he flirts with women but he's not like a total pervert about it and so <laughs> yeah he's 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 a he's kind of a, a hard-boiled priest if there's such yeah. a thing <laughs> yeah hard-boiled pe- priest rules <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean we don't necessarily have to go through scene by scene on this one but no. you know the, the some of the things that that i thought were were um you know, I'll talk about some of the some of the good and the bad and some of the characters here. So the main character is Christina. She's a um, she is a uh, like a writer, a journalist of some sort, um, investigative journalist of some sort. And she has been, you know, you don't know this at the time, but, you know, she's got some sort of weird relationship with you would say it's her editor or something like that, who, you know, she's kind of wants to be sent on assignment to uh, this place, you know, which we ultimately come to learn is called La Boca, which is, you know, essentially a series of caves in like a rural area of Mexico. We don't know anything about it. We don't know why she's there anything like that. She goes out there. Oh, she sees some spooky ooky shit. She gets some flashbacks where she sees her her mom, you know, and you know right away that it's her as a child and her mom. It's not difficult to to figure that out with very little context. Um, and her mom uh, turns into Angela from uh, uh, from Night of the Demons. Pretty much, <laughs> um, she has the same teeth, um, and it's like, oh, her mom was uh, you know uh, possessed by a demon in some capacity. So you think she's doing she says she's doing a story on like, you know, the tribes and cultures of Laboka. Um, she wakes up. She's like chained up in a dang old exorcism room. It's like you went to a hotel and said, give me the exorcism suite. Like this is what you'd be handed. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, you see her cousin is there. Her cousin's name is Miranda. Um, Miranda is perhaps the most one dimensional character I've seen in a <laughs> long time. Um, she is the cousin that's like got shit figured out you know so so, or is content in some capacity yeah uh whereas christina does not yeah it it feels like uh i mean i do like the quick hot start to the movie and the fact that it's just like it's exorcism and then she's chained to the bed and then she has to figure out why she's chained to the bed and then it's the pacing on these netflix movies is always it's it, it's never slow, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's up and down. Right. There's ups and downs to it. It's because it's got that screen time built into yeah. it. Like there is a point and not even a point. I would almost argue like the whole movie is essentially like like there's a little vignette of some spooky shit happen, mm-hmm. some exorcism shit happen. And then so that's the up swing. And then it comes back down and it's some like familial uh, back and forth you know, between Christina and, um, and Miranda or Christina and, uh, I think his name's Javi, um, which is the one other character and then spooky shit happens. And then they come back down and do a little talking, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just ups and downs like that. It's paced intentionally. Like right. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, they do the quick hot start so you don't turn it off, you know, mm-hmm. and then cause they, you know, they're like, Oh, he's going to fucking, set her on fire like he when she first is confronted by the bruja which by the way i do yeah. love a milky eyed witch 
<laughs> oh, love a milky eye. I yeah. do too. I love a milky eye. Milky eye, which is great. An old ass shaman with a with a a shaman, like bruja, and you know, female shaman. Bruja just means like witch, right? In, right. In, yeah. In Spanish, yeah, yeah. pretty much, right? Yeah. But a milky eye, mwah, chef's kiss. I mean, just you know, for for beer brewing and everything, I'm pretty sure you know bruja is also like brewer. Oh, oh, like a like an alewife type of situation. Yeah, like yeah. Basically, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think also if yeah, you like, if you trace like even the word woman back far enough in the Germanic language, it's just brew. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I was I was watching this thing on TikTok or on Instagram or something like that where you know I, I watch all these like super cringy um, like uh, ultra right wing evangelical. Like preachers say stupid shit sure you yeah know? I like like yeah and then the people and then just people dunk on them kind of thing like yes yeah. that's, that's like my porn <laughs> um <but laughs> there is this this guy he's like woman originally came from womb man it's just a man with a womb like that's only like and then there's some like linguist you know anthropologist guys like wrong dipshit this yeah. is where it comes <laughs> like, wrong 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 yeah, it's um, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, Christian Nightmares. That's also a, just a good follow. Christian Nightmares is one of the ones I follow. Yeah. I love me some Christian that's Nightmares. It's a good follow. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Milky Eye Witch, she confronts Christina and she she says, she turns to Javi and she's like, she has it. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. And then like Javi picks up this big container. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, is she just going to set this woman on fire in the first 15 I minutes? Th- it this is the be- literally the best part of the movie. He comes in with a gas can, and you're like, "Oh shit, he about to torch this bitch up." Yeah, comes in, starts, to, but then he just it's just come. It's, it's just, just- <laughs> it's just a five gallon gas can of come. <laughs> but then you come to, and so I was like, "Oh shit, he's gonna burn her." Oh no, shit, he's just gonna dump come on her. It's like, oh, oh no, wait, no, it's goat's milk. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, an emotional roller coaster. It's the biggest roller coaster I think anybody <laughs> feels because I went through the yeah. same exact thing. I was like, "Oh shit, he's gonna set her on fire." It's like, "Oh shit, this is a bukkake video." <laughs> to, oh, it's milk, and then I was like. Oh, the witch, when she says she has it, she meant lactose intolerance. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, it's so weird. And he, so here's the most Netflixy thing that happens, too, is like after he just like it's also really uncomfortable because he's dumping. They drink goat's milk like it's going out of style, this whole movie. And I don't mm-hmm. exactly know why. I'm sure there's a cultural thing to it. I'm sure it's 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 like healthy you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like it's like su- a lot of sustenance i'm sure i know there's like a lot of fat in goat's milk so it's a lot of sustenance but also like the idea that whenever she is like she's she's he's like dumping it on her they're just drinking it normally throughout the rest of the movie but in the sense he's like dumping it on her he's like dumping it on her face and she's like not like trying to not get it in her mouth. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be crass about this, but she's just like, he's just dumping it in her face instead of her like turning her head. She's just like, look, look, look. Yeah. It's just, it's super awkward. And then afterwards, you know, normally if somebody came in and assaulted you with goat's milk, you'd be like, oh, you know, that's, that's, a, it, it's a harrowing thing. She literally covered in goat's milk says to herself, what the actual fuck yeah <laughs> which which is which is vastly becoming one of my least favorite phrases in the world it's almost there with like 
if somebody was to say, now that's just wrong. <laughs> like, that's what <laughs> what the actual fuck sounds like to me. Yeah. So it was just the cringiest moment for me. It was very. Yeah, it's Ugh. yeah, it's so unpleasant. And it felt like it's like, oh, that's that's feels like dialogue plucked from the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, of- it was like chat. You know what's a chat? See what, what's the freaking chat AI GBT? thing? People, yeah, reminding me of something Chat GBT would like pump out. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, that's just wrong. Or like, delete your account. <laughs> you know, it's just like some cheeky you know, thing that's like, you know what? It, so trite that your mom kind of knows what it means. Yeah, you know? you know what it actually is. It's um, I I've, I I was watching the newer season of What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. and uh, Colin Robinson's character is always oh, yeah. full of like those overwrought cringe fucking phrases yes. that he just says in the background yeah. and everybody ignores him but it's like, yes but like uh, he is perfect at yeah, that yeah yeah it's yeah and uh, that's what it, that's what what the actual it's, fuck <laughs> it's something young sheldon would say mm-hmm. you know what i mean like a, yeah it's yeah. just woof just woof but um and then and then she's and then she decides she's going to break out but she's pulling an Andy Dufresne and like timing the stone with the with the thunder to like smash the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, the, the whole thing was just super, super contrived to me. It never felt like she was in danger um, from these people who were holding her hostage, nor did she even believe she was in danger. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, there's nothing about it like low stakes. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the other that's the other side of the coin of the hot start. Is that we yeah. don't know what the stakes are, because yeah. because we're just thrust into this situation where she's you know captured, they and they, she doesn't feel like she's captured by a bunch of scary people. She feels like she's captured by an old woman and an old man and an old man full of you know uh, <laughs> full of goat's milk. Like, yeah, and and her cousin, yeah, who and she her knows cousin very well and trusts, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like ah. Uh, all right, you'll probably be okay, I guess. Something. Yeah. <laughs> you have a chicken friend. What are you mad about? <laughs> yeah, you have a chicken friend. There is like a kid, uh, you know, lurking around somewhere. I don't know. Um, Which that doesn't pay off for anything. What the fuck was that? It doesn't. <laughs> well, you know, we kept thinking like, okay, who's this supposed to be? Is that the actual demon? It never, ever plays off. Yeah, what the fuck was uh, that? <laughs> but it just, it's like, oh, okay, the demons are her demons, her inner demons. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, that's just that's that's what it is. That's how they talk about it. It's there's it's never um, like I said, to say it's thinly veiled would be kind of an understatement. My my literal Um, my literal notes are, is the demon inside her drugs? (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote that, too. I was like nothing or no, it was when she because then she literally starts doing heroin like at night Mm -hmm. and then they all know it. And it's like then she wakes up and they do an exorcism and then she does heroin and then they wake up and do an exorcism or some sort of ritual or whatever. And yeah, I did write down nothing gets you high like drugs with a a Z. (laughs) Um, Nothing gets you high like like drugs. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, is the kid is the kid a chicken? You know what? What? I, and nothing ever really happened from it. Yeah, I do. Um, I did like um, that that night where she gets a hold of her heroin kit and then she does mm-hmm. heroin. She passes out and then like wakes up to being just like chained to the floor for the ceremony. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good match cut. It yeah. stuck out to me. It was OK. 
Yeah, no, the cinematography, nothing's shot poorly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything looks yeah. good. You know, of the things that are sticking out to me, you know, I had to find something and I found that. I was like, that's a good match cut. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll let's I'll mess it up and say something that stinks. Um, the uh when she is doing the I'm gonna fake like I believe what's happening to get them to come back in and think that it's working. So it's like this really fakey fake faking thing yeah and i just wrote that was inception level bad acting i liked like, it i like she's it. doing a bad job <laughs> at, at bad fake acting faking she's faking got fake looking fake faking i don't know i think um, I, I liked it i thought she did an okay job at fake faking fakey fakey fake yeah. faking <laughs> And then, you know, so then what happens is snakes show up and it's like, oh, snakes is scary and uh, and and all that stuff. And then also they I hate there's no no bigger um, uh, pet peeve of mine in a movie like this is when they try to make the victim look like like an make an exorcism sexy. Mm. And they try to do that. Like there's times where they just like have her in her underwear, like arching her back in a very sexy way for no reason. Doesn't need to happen. Mm hmm. Like, and you you know, and, and it's not even like, I know some people, if you haven't seen it, you might be like, well, you know, somebody's in your underwear. If you, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be overtly sexy. No, they're trying to make it overtly sexy. Yeah, because there's, um, there's ways and, to go around it, to not do it. That and way. she has like sexy underwear on. She doesn't have like, you know, granny panty period underwear on or something like that. She doesn't. She, she literally has. She doesn't have jungle exploring underwear on is what she doesn't have. <laughs> No, exactly. No, she has like Calvin Klein, like sexy, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's it it sucks. Um, and and so I said, um, I wrote she's now she's in her underwear, sexy bloody snake business only on Netflix. <laughs> like it just felt like such a uh, like I don't know, shameless target towards you know whoever the hell they think this audience is yeah. and, but, but again because it's netflix they're not gonna push the envelope and do full exploitation and have her do like no. chained heat and nudity covered in snakes mm -mm. type shit yeah they're they're just gonna do like kind of like simple titillation is like does this get you hard yeah mm? just cheap just like cheap not like I said, if you're gonna go that direction, go full like exploitation fucking right. just go for it. Yeah. But they they yeah, they they don't. Are you eleven um, and this gets you hard seeing a woman with <laughs> her thighs out? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it just it's not good. Um they do, you know, they're they're doing all this like big family talk where it's like they're acting like they're sisters and they know each other really well, but like apparently they haven't like hardly spoken in twenty years. So it didn't feel like their relationship really had was earned at all i guess mm -mm. um or the reason the, the how much they know about each other or care about each other or really the trust they have each in each other it doesn't feel tremendously earned i guess yeah um yeah i so. I, I at some point i just had to let go of like the drug allegory because it was too simple for me and i just said what if christina is addicted to being american <laughs> 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 that is part of the, you know, because there is this other kind of um, other theme or, or this other plot line of like she's kind of forsaken her culture a little right. bit. Um, but this whole thing. And, and I don't know much about the the writer and director. The director, we didn't really mention at the top of the show, Christopher 
Aldener, Alder, Alender, uh, or Alender. I'm sorry, Alender. Yeah. He, uh, I, I don't think that he has, I might be wrong. But I don't think he has any cultural identity in, in, uh, you know, Central America or anything. Um, he did a lot of Muppet stuff, which is like, okay, I can appreciate that. Um, but the writer is Marcos Gabriel. Um, and perhaps he does. Um, but, any case, it didn't really feel tremendously authentically Mexican, Mesoamerican, even central. You know what I mean? It just felt kind of surface level, a lot of that stuff as well. Yeah. And so like for them to be really preachy about that and like you don't even speak Spanish anymore. I'm like, bitch, you made a movie that doesn't speak Spanish. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That that that's one of the things that's set wrong with me. And I feel free if you know better please email us and tell us like what's really up you know if you know better about this because we can we can be wrong we're okay with being wrong oh yeah we're not super wrong all the time yeah we're not we're not like (laughs) regular psychos on the internet who just insist but (laughs) let's talk let's talk about a specific scene and what it means um Mm. the so throughout the film, basically, Christina goes through these little, uh, they're not full exorcisms, but they're like little tests on how to pull the demon out. So the one is mm-hmm. with the snakes and there's another one where they do the broken man and that pulls it. And then there's one that I want to talk about, which is they basically do psychic surgery. Yes. And psychic surgery is really interesting because it doesn't really have... From what I could find, it doesn't have a strong basis in Mexico. It yeah. has it has basis in Brazil and the Philippines, and both of those didn't come about until around the mid 1900s. So like 1950s, 1960s. So it's not even yeah. an, an old practice from what I could find. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely seen it come up in like Southeast Asian films and stuff mm-hmm. um and i've seen it on like you know some of those like you know s- spooky ass discovery channel shows and stuff yeah. like that and psychic surgery i i guess i should uh, we should describe for those of you who don't know what it is it's essentially sleight of hand um it is uh, on par with like kind of um unscrupulous fortune tellers that would do like seances and have a whole host of of tricks there's an entire industry around basically fleecing rubes into thinking that you have some sort of supernatural ability right now if you believe in fortune telling or, or tarot cards or whatever I, I don't care you can believe in that all you want i'm not putting that down necessarily i'm just saying there are is absolutely undeniably an entire uh, uh culture of or portion of that industry that is entirely fabricated and is again just about tricking people into thinking you have some supernatural ability and psychic surgery is directly tied to that mm-hmm. um where people would actually and i actually thought it went back to like turn of the century but maybe yeah but maybe it was closer to like the the the, the middle of the 20th century um but essentially what you would do is people would take little bits of um typically um you know um animal organs like some sort of viscera you know a, a heart a stomach a you know a, a, an organ of some sort from a particular um uh, uh, animal, whatever, and it would be a chicken or whatever, what, doesn't fucking matter. And a lot of times what they would do is they would go around and say, oh, so your loved one has cancer. I'm going to remove the tumor. 
and they would actually do this thing where they'd lay them out and they would act like they would put their hands physically on this person's, you know, torso and move it around and, you know, apply pressure and that sort of thing. And through sleight of hand would seem to produce this bloody mass, which they would suggest is a tumor or cancer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And say, I psychically took this tumor out of you. The tumor is gone. Now give me thousands of dollars. See, but see you later. Bye. You know, and just fade off into that. So that's a thing that, that has happened to thousands and thousands of people. They do it in this movie and treat it like it is a, not only legitimate, uh, a supernatural, practice but also and call it psycho psychic surgery by name um but also they kind of insinuate that it has some cultural significance yeah and it's like that's that was what was crazy to me because like i remember like while while i was watching the movie i was like i remember i was like this is a pen and teller bit like pen and teller used to do this gig to fucking blow it up so other people couldn't right. so like these other uh rotten scam artists couldn't take advantage mm-hmm. of people with it because like right. like like I was saying it you know after the film I went and did more research because I was like this this is such a modern thing. I remember Penn and Teller doing it. I remember I think it was on Unsolved Mysteries. It was a thing that came mm-hmm. up a lot and it was to be debunked because yeah. What I learned was it did get its start in like the Philippines and Brazil. And then mm. I think a lot of weird Christian sects started doing it as well. Like the, yeah, we also had like the snake handler guys. And I think it's like in that kind of weird, you know, kind of sect that of like Christianity of people who are handling snakes and they're also doing psychic surgery and yeah. And speaking in tongues and rolling yeah. around on the ground and, like, and all that shit. We're yeah. going to blow up these guys spots. So this shit doesn't spread in America because like you're talking about, it's usually about pulling out tumors and then like that person is still dying of cancer. That Yeah. You're preying on yeah. desperate people. Yeah. You're preying on desperate people. So let's blow these people's spots up. And then they did that. I found I found something, but I don't know how influential it is and how much of it is just kind of like a, a silly story. Um, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to the 1600s uh, when conquistadors were all over the fucking South America and Central America, and even South North America in the Mexico area. Yeah. It, uh, it relates to the explorer uh, Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca. Yeah. And, Boy, they always had like 20 names. Yeah. <laughs> Conquistadors loved a bunch of names. He loved a bunch of names. He's got to tell people where he's yeah. from, but also who his family is. You got to know who I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I come rolling into your village, you better know everything about me. <laughs> what kind of helmet I like, how silly my mustache is, like everything. Yeah. So... The, the story goes is like Devaca was traveling in kind of the southern Mexico area and also headed towards Florida. He's just kind of skirting mm. around that area. And he there was a tale of the the the, the Malacosa and Malacosa mm. translates the bad thing. Oh, okay. And the Malacosa was supposedly a short bearded entity that 
could take a sharp knife and like would cut into people's sides and cut into their arms and he would Mm -hmm. extract entrails and extract blood. And then he would lay his hands on the wounds and the wounds would close up. Mm-hmm. So that's about, okay. that's about as close as I could find to something that was psychic surgery. This story, though, also could very well be a story f- uh, from the natives uh, of that time telling stories about Devaka himself or even yeah. other conquistadors because of like they're, you know, they're, uh, they're, there's more to the story about like you know, having firebrands and, you know, uh, just like their appearance and the things they would do. And it was mm. kind of almost like a folk tale of the conquistadors of the way they treat people and why you should avoid okay. them. Cause like I said, even in yeah. the beginning, it's like a, it's a bearded entity, which is like, you know, most of the conquistadors always had that goofy little spike beard and the, they had the mustache sure. and everything. So it's like, it's it's a folk tale that got never trust a guy with a pointy beard. Yeah, never, never, never. <laughs> so it's like a f- unless it's Satan. Yeah, <laughs> he'll never steer you wrong. It's a, it's like a folk tale about the conquistadors. The natives were circling, and they were telling it to him, and he just didn't get. He didn't get it. He didn't get that they were making yeah. fun of him. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I mean. I, I mean, I'm just obviously I'm, I'm just hearing your secondhand from your research, but it doesn't sound like it has much to do with it. And even if there is some basis in it for them to use the phrase psychic surgery, which is so clearly and undeniably associated with like grifting. Yeah. Um, just se- seemed so heavy handed and poorly done. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I guess the point I was getting at is like the, the story of the Malacosa was about conquistadors. So it wasn't it yeah. wasn't about Mexican folk magic Natives even. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even from Mexican folk magic. It was about like why you should avoid the white people because they have like they'll they'll take your organs and then sew you up or, you know, like burn you uh, like uh, 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 cauterize you. Yeah, yeah. After taking your blood yeah, and organs. A- so. <laughs> So even even then, it's like it, it's yeah, it doesn't have a doesn't actually have a legitimate uh, uh, healing benefit. Uh, yeah. In, for, in fact, the inverse, really. Right. Yes. Um, it's the inverse. So like to drink just to come all the way back around to the scene. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Yeah. It feels cheap and it feels unearned and it's not a. It's essentially not cool to do now because like now you're. If it, it felt like it. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to you're trying to pass off essentially a grift as like Mm -hmm. true magic from a culture and that's not cool (laughs) or even a ritual even just a ritual whether it's magical or effective or not um but anyway um the whole thing like you said it's like we said it's these ups and downs hey let's do a little uh let's do a little you know um ritual of some sort and then we'll talk it out then a ritual then we'll talk it out and so the whole thing is like you know it's almost like these series of like interventions you know like is it pretty heavily suggesting like hey don't give up uh on you know your loved one or whatever and eventually they'll you know snap out of it whatever yeah which could do or could not be a, a problematic message in and of itself depending on how you take it yeah um, and then, then, they, and then Christina yeah, hits but, rock bottom at some point, but like even her rock yeah. bottom doesn't feel like a rock bottom because she just, no, she runs into a magic barrier and then throws up hair. 
Well, and it's also a rock bottom that is essentially solved by a montage. Yeah. Like, and they do that twice. They actually do this thing where it's like, okay, oh, she's really a rock bottom. Like, how are we going to get out of this? That's all right. Just do a montage, <laughs> which, uh, which I made it, which made it sound funny to me because, um, the director had directed uh, Muppet you know, some, some various Muppet movies yeah. and specials, yeah. which that's a classic Muppet yeah. move is like, and and they're very self-aware about it. I'm a Muppet fanatic and they'll just be like, nothing a montage can't fix, you know right. what I mean? And just go into it. And that's really what this felt like as well. It was just like, and it's, it's funny. They came out on the other end of the first montage and all of a sudden she was like this wise, she was like, well, I'm going to, I want to do the broken man, you know, ritual. And they're like, Oh, is it going to work? Well, yeah, it obviously works, but it hurts real bad. And she's like, well, I don't care if it hurts. And I'm going to read the book and I'm going to read books a lot. And then she sits there in her cell and it's like, I need a hero. And she's just like reading books. And she comes out on the other side. She's like, I understand everything. And then and then they do the ritual and it's out. But then the the thing that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, the, the demon was, you know, obviously it was, uh, uh, was her addiction, but also it's a demon. So the demon comes out, um, but then the demon goes into Miranda, who, if it's going to go into Miranda, oh, and we should say, it doesn't matter, nobody cares, but old, we're fast forward to the end, which I really had a problem with, old Milky Eye, uh, the, 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 the Bruja, um, she basically um, sacrifices herself to uh, uh, to save uh, Christina. Right. Mm -hmm. She she like, uh, you know, makes the demon. They make the demon come out and then she like, grabs its heart and blah, blah, blah. It, it's it's pretty dumb. Um, first of all. So what are you suggesting? Like you got to sacrifice yourself to save somebody else like that doesn't make sense. If if everything is this very thinly veiled drug allegory, how does that play into all that? It was just clumsily done, but okay. So they want to talk about they want to integrate this story of like um, you know, uh generational trauma and generational, you know, addiction and the effects on, you know, passing down the effects of addiction and trauma and all that stuff. Fine. But so Bruja dies, old Milky Eye dies. Then uh, she gets Christina gets a massive eye wound. Like it looks like somebody took just like a giant rusty blade and just slashed <laughs> from about three inches above her eye to three inches below her eye. It looks like that. You know, it, it looks like that uh, injury from uh, Terrifier 2 when Art the Clown goes in and cuts down that woman's face yeah. and through her eye. Like it's brutal looking. Yeah. Christina. It might she's as well fine. Be, uh, she might. It might as well be a fucking bug bite. That's about how bad she reacts to yeah. it. She gets. She gets the sub zero from Mortal Kombat three scar. <laughs> <laughs> she does, and she like is just really couldn't be less affected by it. a traumatic thing. A giant like six to eight inch gash down your face, assumingly losing your eyesight in one of your eyes. No, she's just like. It might as well be a cool tattoo that says, like, never forget or something like that's how <laughs> she feels about it. Um, she, of course, uh, has a bandage over it the whole time. Um, and, you know, uh, Bruja died. So now everything's cool. And I'm going to stay with you and Christina and Miranda. We're going to be best friends, which is living in the, in the forest, being cool together. But then Miranda got the demon, which is like, what did Miranda do? To get the demon. 
She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. It, it was like, yeah. and this is the problem with you have the drug allegory, but then you also you try to work in the uh, not giving up your cultural roots allegory. Yeah. And then they, I don't think they were sure which one they were trying to apply to Miranda because they were trying to apply yeah. the cultural roots relationship between Christina and the old Bruja of right. she dies and like after she dies, they bluntly say, uh, Javi says, the old ways die with you. So, like, yeah, by the way, Bruja, Milky Eye is Javi's mom. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But yeah. yeah. And then he he just bluntly says the old ways die with you. Essentially, yeah. you know, like culture dies with you unless somebody else picks it up. And, you know, obviously Christina will. Right. Uh, but Miranda is just there to satisfy christina picking up the picking up the old ways you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like they didn't think to write it differently which is weird well yeah it's weird because the final end end is carson is comes in and (sighs) he has the demon in his eye now and now christina is going to heal him but like why wouldn't why couldn't that have been the ending? You know what I'm saying? Why did why did Miranda? He, here's why is because it's Netflix and Miranda is very pretty. OK, that, that's it. <laughs> they just needed to get her on screen more. And she's she's very pretty. And uh, you're going to feel bad for a pretty girl who gets uh, possessed. Or is it that they already had Miranda signed up for a certain number of shooting days? And then the actor <laughs> yeah. who plays Carson, they didn't want to pay him more by having him sign up for more shooting days because he they just want to get him a day just he could do everything in yeah, a day. With, they, yeah. there's very likely he they filmed all of his scenes in a day or two so mm-hmm. they didn't have to pay him as much well, and, to, <laughs> well to, and to make it even more confusing and is and, and not not confusing like oh it's deep and we didn't get it like confusing like it just it honestly it doesn't make a ton of sense is miranda gets the demon there was never any even any indication that Miranda had any um, questioning of faith or or Miranda had any potential, you know, substance abuse issues or even if you want to take the allegory out of play. And it was like Miranda did something, anything to make her susceptible to the demon. She didn't. Right. She wasn't even developed as a character enough for that to have been a reality. But Miranda's got the demon now. Whatever. Um, so Christina, you know, ultimately she takes off her, her, uh, bandage and she's the milky eye now, you know, <laughs> so she says, I'm going to do the whole thing with you and I'm going to exercise the demon out of you. Um, and then they ultimately do, and the demon comes out and it's like a big fucking, I don't know, like Mexican golem looking thing almost. <laughs> and the dumbest, one of the dumbest lines I've ever heard in a movie comes out of Christina's mouth, which is before she punches into the demon's chest and pulls its heart out and then gets all the grossness spells on her. She goes, I'm a motherfucking bruja, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't believe they, I can't believe they had the balls to put that in I, there. I'm glad they did. Yeah. It, I, I spit coffee out. Like when she said that. It, that was so great. And like, this, the other thing is like, if this movie was campier, you would have had more yeah. moments of that. 
Like they had they had yeah. two good campy moments in this last 15 minutes. They had that line, which mm-hmm. made me laugh. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and then but before that is uh, Miranda and Christina are kind of, you know, wandering around the house and they see the cabinet is open full of like the Bruja's old you know tools and everything. And Miranda mm-hmm. goes, what is it? And Christina, who hasn't been speaking Spanish the entire, you know, show, she mm-hmm. she goes, es la hora. And, she's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, I, and when, she, uh, when she says, es la hora, I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Christina's, ca- Christina's character is just so horribly written. Yeah. Um, all the characters really are, are really, truly bad. I mean, like Javi, like he's not even in it enough really for that to be the case. Um, you know, the, the, the old milky eye brew out, like whatever. She's, she's just there for imagery and that sort of stuff. Um, but then this is the com- most confusing part is, you know, earlier in kind of a throwaway scene, Christina, uh, Actually, this was the one part I wouldn't even say it's throwaway because this is the one part I was like, oh, this might take like a cool turn is Christina bum rushes Javi mm-hmm. when he's she's in the cell with him and like stabs him and chokes him out and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, wouldn't that have been sweet if he like she killed him? And now she's like uh, really like now the stakes are turned up. No, she just like chokes him out and then they're friends 10 minutes yeah. later. But she does grab his cell phone and get a call out to her you know, whatever he is, editor, boss, whatever, who's Carson, I think Mm -hmm. his name is right. Calls Carson. Well, then days and days later, Carson has tracked them down. He's like, I'm coming to you. And she's like, no, it's cool. I'm Bruja now. I'm (laughs) motherfucking Bruja now. Don't don't worry about coming. Well, then Carson shows up and Carson has brought her more, more drugs with a Z. And she's like, and he's like, don't worry, we'll take care of you. I got your stuff. <laughs> you got your drugs. Like, so like now he's like a pusher kind of guy, yeah. which you never really suggested that ever before. So the idea is like, were they in a relationship? He, is he the person who got her hooked on heroin? You don't know. But he, it, there's also like a pretty heavy suggestion that he is also uh, an addict in some capacity. It's not clear, yeah. but that's kind of how I took it. Like he's sweating and he's like talking to her about like how he's trying to like he thinks he's doing her a favor by bringing her, her you know, heroin or whatever. So now it's like, you know, she's got this, you know, all this learned knowledge and, you know, symbol of her struggles with her, you know, big cut and her milky eye and all. And she's had a couple of montages. <laughs> she knows how shit's going. Yeah. And then she's like. You know, you're not going anywhere, motherfucker. Uh, we're going to exercise your demons. <laughs> and then she says, literally, quote, how about we get you some milk? Yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then that's the end of what? the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, that, like, the, the last 15 minutes of this movie are just so campy and silly. And, like, they're better than kind of the other hour 20. It, it like if the other hour 20 was like just kind of i don't know goof ass off the wall like puking and bleeding and spitting and you know just carrying on and being crazy it'd be better you know yeah uh but 
yeah, just like the, the stuff before, like you said, it's just kind of that medium ebb and flow. Like stakes mm-hmm. aren't ever really raised too much. Javi is never, you know, Javi doesn't get killed to raise the stakes yeah. up. Miranda is always on the same wavelength and just like no, nobody's character really arcs that much. So yeah. it, yeah, it, it's, it's just that standard Netflix blandness. And then the last 15 is like silly and it's fun. Yeah. Cause it's the order. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah it's the, why it, it, this movie and a lot of Netflix horror to me feels like, um, they made, they shot a bunch of trailers for a movie and then stitched them together into a movie. And that's <laughs> how they made it. Like that's how, it, that's how it feels like so much of it just doesn't make any, like it, it just doesn't, they don't care that it doesn't fit together. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as it fits the model. Yeah. It's, and, and I, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn more about this Christopher Lender as we're talking, mm-hmm. because like you said, he doesn't have much to his name. He has a couple other horror films that are like, I think he has like one other horror feature and then some horror shorts and then Muppet stuff. And yeah, just like looking at his bio, I don't see anything that's directly tied to like, uh, you know, a Mexican heritage or anything like that. Said he was mm-hmm. born in Atlanta and went to Florida state and then, you know, moved to Hollywood. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, the writer may have had better intentions for their film as a lot of writers do. And so it's probably just a Netflix movie produced by committee. You know, a committee of producers fucking looked at it and said, we can do this, this, and this, uh, you know, make sure you include this, take out the tits. Yeah. <laughs> right make it sexy but not too sexy yeah narrow this cast down to under 10 people and we'll give you fucking 5 million dollars or whatever to go make this right yeah I mean uh, yeah aside from you know the kind of demon which you see on screen you know basically from like the waist up kind of like the bust of this demon for like honestly can't can't be more than three to five seconds yeah um there's not really much in the way of fact there is like a kind of a cool scene where like a demon supposedly which you never see the demon um stomps on a rat and it like splats out but i'm pretty sure that was all cgi Mm -hmm. and 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 the rest is is just kind of mediocre cgi effects that are serviceable but not memorable yeah yeah I, i think uh i think some of the snake stuff was real and I kind of like the way the demon was in the background a lot of the times, just out of focus. I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, it was yeah. okay. Especially if your demon design isn't going to be super fucking crazy over the top, like uh, you know, like something you see in the void or something like that. You don't want to give it a lot of screen time because it's not going to be super impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's almost like um, it's almost like Insidious. Uh, but worse because like yeah it's not yeah it, it is that's a good analogy yeah it's like uh wish.com and say yeah. a little bit just because i remember watching yeah. insidious and like there's obviously that one really famous jump scare that it gets everybody mm. 
But then at the oh, it's great. But then at the end of the movie, you see like the demon is just like this weird fucking dude who works in a toy shop or whatever, and it's just like I know. But then it's got Tiny Tim in there, which I'm a sucker for. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like what the fuck is this? This was your scary demon. (laughs) Get the fuck out of your movie. Yeah, he's up there like playing a fucking organ yeah. or something. Yeah, he's, he's like doing arch villain shit. It's just like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like the penguin. He's like having drinks with the penguin. I thought, th- yeah. I thought this was the devil, but it's more like fucking him from Cow and Chicken, <laughs> which terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. Okay, so uh, that was uh the old ways for 2023 on Netflix. Uh, I do want to reiterate, we very much appreciate the suggestion and I'm not, you know, ripping on anybody for movies they like, you know, but that's what we do in this movie. We did or on this podcast. We dissect the hell out of movies and talk about whether we like them. And we uh, are a couple of a real opinionated assholes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we weren't big fans of it, but that's not to say that that you shouldn't like it or that you shouldn't watch it um, or, or that it's not a perfectly serviceable horror movie. I've watched probably five movies a week that, you know, this is probably vastly superior again <laughs> um so so absolutely uh check it out and if you agree with us if you disagree with us uh if you know any more about the uh you know some of the things that we talked about like the whole uh psychic surgery thing i find that to be super interesting especially yeah reach out to us even in maybe in the dms or maybe you make a little comment on the social medias get the conversation started if there's you know straighten us out if we're if we if we got our heads up our asses which you know very well might be the case but possible in any case very possible um thank you for the suggestion i i did uh, uh appreciate you know watching it and and uh you know always love some some good discussion around these flicks um one more time just to remind you um if you are as excited as we are about that son of a bitch in october slobber knocker that we got coming up for a showdown episode uh just to recap our guest bigfoot ben he's going to be doing hellions from 2015 uh, uh the return of return of the meg meg two um what, what's the what's the, the the rest of that title meg two the trench called What's that? The trench. Yeah, see, that's not a that's good. Not, Meg, it's yeah, that's not great. Else. I don't. I don't um, want. I don't think Meg wants to be known as the trench. <laughs> nah, she's probably not gonna like that. Um, Meg. Uh, Meg has got the Funhouse Massacre, also from 2015, and then your boy's gonna be doing a Scary Stories Telling the Dark for 2019, and then Steve going all the back, all the way back to 1986 for Trick or Treat. Hell yeah! Uh, talking about Sam, Sammy Kerr. Hell yeah! Rock's Chosen Warrior. Uh, that's going to be our showdown episode. Start punching your thighs, everybody. Time to rock. <laughs> Get it fucking going, yins, guys. All right. Um, anything else? As always, follow us on the social medias. And I forgot to mention at the top of the show, um, if you uh, want to go on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your podcast, you go in, you give us a max star review, uh, four or five, whatever the fuck it is, and then write a little comment. You got to write the comment or it don't count. Uh, it won't show up as a review. Put a little comment that says, hey, um, these boys fuck or whatever you want to put. Say something on there about how you like the podcast and then shoot us a DM on on Twitter or on Instagram and say, hey, uh, I reviewed you guys. And then we uh, will send you some dang old Halloween's Forever stickers in the mail. I also just got a new little bag of spooky Halloween goodies. I'll mm. throw you some of that in there as mm. well. So it will be fun. Mm. 
Okie dokie. Uh, anything else, Steve? Anything else we're forgetting? Ah, just one last thing. We didn't talk too much about Javi's actor, Sal Lopez, but I wanted oh, okay. I wanted yeah, to point yeah. out that uh, he, he actually has like a pretty deep career that goes further. Like he was in Full Metal Jacket, but... He's the only person I recognize yeah. his face. And yeah, I didn't even talk about him because he plays a relatively minor role. But yeah. yeah, good actor. And I just wanted to point out that he was a voice on one of the greatest adventure computer games ever. Grim Fandango. He plays. Oh, I love uh, Grim Fandango. Yeah, he plays. Uh, Sal- he yeah. plays Salvador Limones, who is the revolutionary yeah. leader of that, that that you get the fucking pigeons for. With the beret, the dude with yeah. the beret. Yeah. 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 That game is so I would say it's ripe for a remake. It doesn't even need a remake. Doesn't it's really, perfect. Doesn't it's need perfect it. I, as it is. Yeah. It's a goddamn uh 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 day of the dead aesthetic themed fucking detective noir game for fucking PlayStation. Yeah. Like there's a reason why nobody played it is because it sounds completely unmarketable, but it's so much fun and it's like reading a fucking graphic novel in video game form. It's yeah. so great. If you if if you want some real like detective noir shit but with like uh, Mexican cultural heritage to it, go check out that and, fucking and like, game. And silly car- silly cartoon hijinks. Yeah, and cartoon hijinks. Yeah. It's got it all. Yeah. That game fucking rules. It's so good. All right, end it on a good note about something we like. We should start doing that on every podcast now. Yeah. When we're talking about a movie we don't like, end it on something we both collectively like. Yeah, well, I mean, that just give give people do. suggestions to do something else with their time. Like, yeah. hey, don't do that. Go get Grim Fandango on the PS4. It's <laughs> It's been remastered. It has a director's commentary now. Is it been remastered? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's great. It's got a director's commentary now. It's fucking rules. Go get that. Have a time. Grim Fandango, guys. Go do it. All right. Uh... With I almost said for, with that being said, which is my one of my least favorite <laughs> podcast slash uh, YouTube tropes. I hate it when people say that. Um, all right. With that being said, for the Halloween's Forever crew, I'm Brian. And I'm Manny Calavera. <laughs> all right. See you later, boy. Bye.